what's going on? Rob Sister getting ready for the tar pits here for episode number three of the Amazing Race 32. Each week we will get a chance to answer your feedback questions, talk about social media, and any other nonsense from each week of the Amazing Race here in the Tar Pits. That is going to be after you hear our exit interview with this week's eliminated team, Frank and Jerry, Jessica, Elise, and I had the chance to speak with them earlier this week. So that is what you are going to hear first in this episode. Then we will get into everything from the Tar Pits with Jess, Mike Bloom, and our special guest, Asia Welch, here in the Tar Pits for episode number three of Amazing Race 32. So let's take you back to earlier this week. And first, our interview with uh, Frank and Jerry from The Amazing Race 32. How you doing, Robin? Yes. Hey, hey Rob. How are you all? Frank and Jerry, uh, That nice to hear from you. Uh, sorry to see you eliminated from the race. I know it's been a minute since it actually happened. How are you two doing this morning? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be on your show and your podcast. So, oh, thank I'm doing tremendous. Yes, the, I'm 61. I'm happy to be here every day. <laughs> That's good <laughs> advice, Jerry. Um, going back to last night, uh, if it wasn't for the double U-turn, do you think that you might have been able to avoid being eliminated in the slag? I think. I think without the U-turn, we the double U-turn. I think we would have been well in the race. If it's one thing that I've learned through sports in my life, I feel like people either crack under pressure or they're made under pressure. I think for both of us, we were, you know, when pressure time hits, we're usually spot on. And I think some of the other teams might have cracked if they saw us get close. So I would have liked to kind of get eye to eye with them, like, you know, a horse race. You know, the horse has to go eye to eye. We're from Kentucky, so I'm kind of referencing Churchill Downs and the Derby. But yeah, I, I think if we could have went eye to eye with the other group, we would have kind of trumped them, but we just never got that close. Um, did you actually see any other teams after you left on the boat? Yes. Yes, we did. Layla and Alana were, they got U-turned and they were running around trying to get parts and trying to get things for their second challenge. But yes, we knew we still had a chance. We didn't know we were U-turned, but we knew we had a chance when we were doing our first challenge. So there was a lot on the line still. And, and we just, uh, throughout the show, we just seem to continue to put ourselves behind the eight ball of different things. But um, I never thought it was over. I really didn't. I thought we had an opportunity to advance. We just had to act accordingly and try to knock out the challenges as quickly as we could. So when you two realized finally that you needed to go back and pick up the bag, can you just talk us through the emotions that you were going through? Because it seemed like that that was a very frustrating moment. Yeah, I think the emotions... Like I said, for me, personally, I was just like, I had a hunch. I didn't go with it. And I hate that because anytime you kind of have an itch or a gut feeling, you always kind of kick yourself if you don't go with that and it ends up being the correct thing. So on the boat ride there, um, you had Michelle and Vic telling us, you know, do you have your bags? And, you know, I was like, we have our backpacks. I mean, I, I figured you always keep those with you. And then I thought, I'm like, maybe we needed our other bag. And if we would have turned around then, I think we could have, salvaged you know what we did to the day but we just kind of i didn't go off my hunch i was like we're just gonna ride it out and by the time we got out there it was too late and headed back like i said it was just kind of unfortunate but i hate that i didn't go with my gut feeling yeah but it was just unfortunate i told frank that i didn't read the clue and we had made a pact to promise each other after leg two that we would read the clue because we weren't, it wasn't even close in leg two. We just didn't read the second piece of the clue. 
mm-hmm. which meant connect the horn. It wasn't close. We were not having problems other than the inexperience of the race and our inexperience with the race. So, but honestly, when they said, do you have your bag? I still was sitting there going, can I do it without the bag? Now, we could not have done the food challenge without the bag, but we could have built the hut without the bag. And I truly, I told Frank, great God, maybe we should just, let's just see. But I was like, mm, we may have to have the bag to do this, which you really didn't. We could have built the hut without the bag. We would have had right. to pull the strain apart out of the ground, which is what the machete was for. That was the only thing you had to use the machete for, was to cut the thrive, the sign that you had to do to tie the bamboo together. But that was all. We pulled a lot of that out of the ground anyway. Mm-hmm. So we could have done that piece of the challenge without turning around. We would have just had to make a good decision. So that was the only frustrating piece for me is just knowing. But more than that, when we had to go back for two different items when we had our bag, one time we did not have the right machete. That's a fact. The second time, the gentleman said we were missing something when they just sent us back to get the machete. So I was kind of frustrated with the guy because I said, he only told us to come back with the machete, which meant when he put our bag back together, he left out an item. We didn't. He didn't because we didn't put our stuff back in the bag. So right. that may have been the only issue that I could have because there were so many things on the table, other people's items. I could have taken an item and we could have been gone. We hit a lot of the team. So that was the only frustrating piece to me. We weren't behind. We had to go back twice. Once for the machete, which you saw on television, and once for those, I want to say, the thing that they would drain some of the uh, juices out of the fruit. Yeah. We had to go back twice. But the first time we went back, there was only one item, the machete. Mm -hmm. Only one. When we got back the second time, he said, no, we're like, here's the machete. And then he looked at the producers and he looked at us and said, you're missing something. And it was the shredder. So we had to go back the second time, which is the piece why we really left our bag. We were a little frustrated and tired. To be honest, it's hard. It's a great show. <laughs> Not easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would love to know what your experience was with the show before coming on. Were you big fans or how did you get connected with The Amazing Race in the first place? So how we knew very little about the show to be completely honest how it worked out actually my my current boss his wife is very good friends with the casting director for the amazing race i was in las vegas i was i was doing some overseas basketball things i had kind of got hurt so i was hanging out with you know my boss and his family and well miss lynn the casting director came in and was like hey how would you like to be on the amazing race i'm thinking she was literally kidding and and she was like no you should go call your dad and, you know, I'm still thinking it's a joke at this point. I go call him. He's like, I mean, okay. We were literally in L.A. probably two, three weeks later casting, you know, doing all the interviews, different things for the show. And it was kind of unreal. Um, people don't know we didn't make it the first time. So we didn't make it the first time. We're like, okay, it's a great experience. Then they yeah. call us the following summer. They're like, hey, you guys want to be on the show? And we're like, oh, this is a joke. This is a prank call. And they're like, no, it's not. So. That's kind of how it happened. It was wild. We didn't really apply or anything. It's just kind of right place, right, right time situation. Yes, that was the first, when we went to, out to California the first time, and we're going through the audition process. And, I mean, we're having a great time. It's just a, from beginning to end, is a tremendous experience. You see probably 40 teams. You don't get to talk to them. 
everybody goes and you sit and you kind of look at each other. Then you go through the interviewing process with the producers and they eliminate it down to 22 teams. And then they sent you home and tell you, you may be one of the 18 teams. And the first time we didn't get on. They called us and said, we love you, but you didn't make the show. It's hard to make the show, but it was a great experience just having the chance to go out. And then second thing next, you know, lo and behold, they call up and say, would you like to have the opportunity? We're like, without a doubt. I mean, come on now. And next thing you know, we're back out in LA again. And then we have an opportunity to say, have Phil tell us, are you ready to go on a race of your lifetime? Everybody's like, yes. <laughs> I'm sitting up there at 59 going, no. <laughs> God help me. <laughs> and next thing I know, he raises that eyebrow and says, go. <laughs> and it was the most amazing thing that I've ever done. Most amazing thing I've ever done. That's so fun. So between not making it through the first time and getting called for the second time, did you familiarize yourself with the show anymore? Did you like binge watch a bunch of seasons oh, yeah. or come oh, yeah. more prepared? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we did. I mean, I started to walk with weighted vest on, riding bicycles, swimming. We watched, I watched every episode for probably 11 episodes and then you know, trying to familiarize yourself. But again, you can't prepare because you haven't done the same thing twice. You understand what I'm saying? But at least you understand the clues, but you still don't know. Everybody says, it's easy to read the clue. You have no idea. You have three clues in your bag. Hmm. You have money in your little pouch that you're keeping, okay, that, that you have to keep up with. There are a lot of things that are in that pouch that you're sticking in. You're trying to read it. You're trying to move to the next clue. It's just a lot to it. And that's what makes it such a good show because everyone says, oh, why didn't you? I tell them all the time, I apply for the show <laughs> so I can watch you and I'm going to tell you, why didn't you? <laughs> Only one team's going to win. It's just a great show. <laughs> You're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Period. Uh, last night in the cooking challenge that, uh, Jerry, it, it seemed like that you were really knew your way around that kitchen. Are you a master chef? <laughs> Let me tell you, I am a grill master. <laughs> you give me a grill, I'm really good. And and honestly, the cooking wasn't that difficult. The only thing that stuck us for a second is that one of the pans got too warm and our flour stuck to it. Okay? Mm-hmm. But as for the the, the fish and, and, and shredding the, the potatoes and doing those kind of things, draining the fluid, that wasn't hard. We knocked it out pretty quickly. We got held up on one thing. The second, you had to make two appetizers, or two meals. The second meal, the pan was a little too warm, and the flour stuck. So we had a hard time getting it off, which delayed us. And if that doesn't delay us, guys, we may, we'd, we'd still be on next week. That little delay wow. hindered us. Hold on. I want to hear yeah. from Frank, though. Did you try it, Frank? What was the the rating? Trust me, I would have. We did not put any of that in our in our mouth. So <laughs> I was like, I rather I rather starve. I rather starve than eat whatever he just put together. <laughs> now you know what? I'm a grill. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a grill. He's fine, but I mean, just out there, we're cooking. You know, kind of their way, and we're unfamiliar. And mind you, we're dripping sweat. I, for one split second, I saw a few a few of his sweat drop into the bucket. And I was kind of like, oh that. I said that's foul. I said that's so foul. I said, <laughs> he I said did, like 
Yeah, I was like, man, where are you? I'm, like, you're, I'm like, you're dripping into the pot. I'm like, it's 110 degrees out here, Frankie. I'm trying to get this done. <laughs> it was crazy, you all. I'm telling you. It was very warm. Yeah. The fire was very hot. And the indigenous ladies, they were laughing at Frank and I. I'm telling you what, they were just <laughs> they were having a ball. I get it. Yes, it was fun, guys. Uh, it, it did look like you never stopped having fun, like even in the extreme conditions. No, no. How, how can you not have fun where you're doing those type of things? I mean, if you honestly told me you weren't having fun in the Amazon and places you only see on Nat Geo and Discovery Channel, I would say you're a crazy person because there's just absolutely no way you're not enjoying this, these once-of-a-lifetime you know, events and, and just places that we were going. I mean, it's a place that we would have never went unless we were on the show. So if you can honestly sit here and say, and not have a good time out there, I don't care if you're in first or last or whatever, you know, place you may be in, you're absolutely insane. No question. And, and ladies, I'm going to be a gentleman. It's, you know, the race is great and they pay a million dollars to the winner. And, you know, that wasn't the circumstance for Frankie and I wanting to get on the race. You know, I've been super blessed. What about the money? That's why I tell people, I've got people, honestly, I have a gentleman that's worth over $500 million. And said, I never watched the show and I'm watching you. And he says, tell me about the show. And I said, well, I'm sure you've been to Bogota. He's over worth over $500 million. And he said, no, I have not. And it just dawned on me that we had gone places that, I mean, money can't buy. And when you say compete and you're competing against people in an environment that money can't buy that trip. You understand what I'm saying? You can't replicate what we did in the places that we did with the excitement that the community knows when they see that patch, the backpack, not your backpack, but the little fanny pack that says amazing race. Guys, the entire city is on fire. It's like a Super Bowl. It's mm -hmm. like the baseball world series. It's unbelievable because people have an understanding of what it is and what's going on. So when they see you, the atmosphere everywhere you go is amped up. I mean, yeah, I agree with that hundred percent to another level. It's just, it is honestly 1982. My first time running out playing a basketball game in the Superdome with 72,000 people there with Michael Jordan and experiencing something. There's 72,000 people at a foot basketball game. Well, tenfold that. And you've got an entire <laughs> community that is sitting there going, the amazing race is in our community and they're amped up guys. It's nothing but a win. There's just, there's no lose. I hate that, Frank. I can't help him go further because I'm going to be honest with you. I'll put up a million dollars. My two boys win. Frank and Anthony win. <laughs> Period. I'll put up a million. I'm just telling you. But, Jerry, you were no, the weak you link? Cannot, you were holding the team back? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> no, he doesn't give it. He doesn't give enough for something. Without a doubt. He knows he's a cheerleader. Yeah. No, I was the cheerleader. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all. I, I know you two have to run, but it was very fun to watch you. It seems like that you have a wonderful relationship. That I watched the show uh, with my boys who are little, but it was very fun to see a father son team uh, like you two on the show. And uh, congratulations on the wonderful experience and all the best to both of you in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us, guys. All right. Take care, Appreciate Jerry. Frank. Be good. Take care.
All right, the great Frank and Jerry here on Rob Has a Podcast. We're going to get into everything from the tar pits for this week. But first, let me take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Those are our friends over at Brooklinen. And let me know, how many days in 2020 have you had where you wake up in the morning and you just want to pull those covers back over your head and stay in bed just a little bit longer? Uh, the answer is uh, every single day. Especially when you love your sheets. Brooklinen has got you covered. I swear by my Brooklinen sheets. I get upset if they are not what's on my bed at any given point because uh, Brooklinen has the softest, most comfortable sheets that I have in my collection. Brooklinen, they work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury markups. Brooklinen, they have a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and taste. That's how they have over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. And they're so confident that their product comes with a lifetime warranty. And they're much more than just sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and more. You can buy sheets, bedding, and pillows all at once to save even more, of course, that if you were going to go to that Manaus marketplace, you would certainly go and get sent back if you didn't come back with those Brooklinen sheets. Don't wait. Do something nice for yourself. Go to brooklinen.com. Use promo code ROB and get 10% off your first order and free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Enter promo code ROB for 10% off your first order plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com and use promo code ROB at checkout. And that's why I always say no sleep till Brooklinen. All right, everybody, it's time for the Tar Pits proper for this week. And we are joined by a great panel to talk about everything from the third week of The Amazing Race. Of course, uh, back with us, our chief Amazing Race correspondent, Jessica Lee. Jess, how are you today? Well, who's ready to get sticky, Rob? <laughs> oh. oh, boy. We're in the Tar Pit. Yes. It's the Tar Pit. It's going to be That's one of those catchphrase. days. Yes, that's our catchphrase. Okay. Um, yes, Mike started it uh, a couple of weeks ago, and then uh, has it caught on? Has it stuck, just, Mike? We passed the baton, uh, and it, you know what? It's gonna. It's like we're a tribe here, much like the tribes of the Amazon. It starts with one, but it really spreads. Uh, and hopefully, this catchphrase will last as long as the chief's dad, one hundred and five years strong, I believe it was. Yes. Okay. the The tribes of the Amazon has multiple meanings uh, for me, so I can definitely appreciate that. Okay. Uh, happy to have you back with us, Mike Bloom. And we have a great guest here with us to talk about the Amazing Race. Of course, uh, you heard her a whole bunch during the uh, Big Brother season, uh, talking about everything from BB twenty two. No Big Brother alumni on this season of the Amazing Race, though. Uh, but we're happy to have with us. Uh, Asia Welch. Asia, how are you? Hey, Rob. I am doing great. I'm so glad to finally be watching this season. I feel like I, it, we were waiting for it forever. And just with the pandemic happening, it was just like, I want as much content to, you know, digest as possible. And Amazing Race is one of those things. So I'm so happy, like, we're finally getting to watch the season. Asia, could you tell us a little bit about your Amazing Race fandom? Yeah. So it's definitely... I, I would say that I'm somewhere in between, um, you know, a, a super fan and a casual viewer. You know, I, I can definitely I 
can remember things that have happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't just turn it on and can't remember certain people's names. Like some people I watch with, they're very casual. Um, but I've been watching for years, I'd say probably since high school. Yeah. Um, and so that's probably like 14, 15 years ago. Okay. So um, maybe even more so than me. I, I would call myself business casual in terms of okay, my Raising yeah. Race fandom. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> not, not, I'm not in a suit, but you know, I'm not wearing like jean shorts either. <laughs> exactly business casual is perfect description mm-hmm. um so i i i mean and i would say that i i definitely like some people i will keep up with on social media that i really enjoyed mm. so um yeah i i, I enjoy amazing race okay yeah all right and it's, it's interesting talking about the uh the dress wear when it comes to your casualness because this from a wardrobe perspective has to be the most casually dressed reality show out there Right. Because like you essentially have to wear things that you are fine getting dirty and like fine stinking up for a month on end. Hmm. Absolutely. And different climate. Yes. Like Mike Bloom Survivor well. would like a Survivor would like. A no, Jess, Bloom. a lot of times people are wearing suits on Survivor. Exactly. <laughs> a lot Except of time. For there, there was only one Amazing Race Canada team that started racing in suits. <laughs> Oh, and they didn't them. last very long. Spoiler alert. So I think everyone Ooh, is thinking of a thing of like, hey, let's take collars out of this. Okay. Mm. We're a no collar type of shit. Yes. Jess, I think, what about tough as nails? Well, tough as nails, um, they either have to wear their work uniform or their Carhartt branded gear. Mm-hmm. So, and most of these people, their their outfits are made to get dirty because these are people that are not afraid to get dirty. Yeah. Okay. That's what Phil told us anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're not afraid. Okay. All right. So definitely the Amazing Race teams, uh, more of like a, a athleisure type uh, setup for yeah. the Amazing yeah. Race. I will say, I think you can get away with wearing jeans on tough as nails, whereas never do that on Amazing Race. Well, yeah, that's the thing. We I remember the, the twins from season 30. We kept pointing out how they were running around in jeans. I would not say like, I don't know what the, uh, it's an inverse or reverse relationship between the choice of pants and the success on the race maybe that's something in the interminable off season that is to come after this we can figure out what is the true winning outfit of the amazing race it it could depend on the type of jeans though if you have a Mm. curvy fit it's a little bit more comfortable than a skinny leg so what about like can you split the difference like bell bottoms would those work that you can get tripped up (laughs) yeah you could you know jess that i have been you know has been drilled into my brain from uh many years uh cargo pants cargo jeans very not not that is not a a trend that is not styled you do not want to do that that people make fun of you if you wear that even though i have a lot of things that could go in my pockets what about on the amazing race would you be mocked for wearing cargo pants on the amazing race in 2018 would, and, and airing in 2020? I think you'd get mocked for wearing cargo pants anywhere, Rob, but I see your point. If you got that like breathable travel fabric that dries fast, I think the, the issue would be if you're running, if you're sprinting to the mat and you have filled your pockets with all kinds of crap, mm-hmm. you are going to have a hard time sprinting yeah. optimally. Yeah, you want that You want that athleisure wear. You yeah. want the, the stretchy wicking stuff. Um, I think the only place you can get away with a quarter zip is on The Amazing Race. Can yeah. you do something, though, where it's almost like, uh, you know when you like, then they release parachutes in drag racing, where like you have a rip cord where at any point in time you're running to the mat, you can release the contents of your pockets and they just sort of <laughs> fall behind you 
as you blaze forward to the pit stop. I think you just like, like when you throw your backpack down. Yeah. And then if yeah. anything falls out, then then you just go back and pick it up later. Because uh, Asia, could you zip off your pants? W- when I flew to New York uh, last week, I was like, oh, maybe I should uh, f- uh, find those cargo pants and wear them because I need to, like uh, to put like my uh, my my hand sanitizer, all of my stuff. <laughs> but they didn't fit anymore. So uh, so much for that. <laughs> mm. Should have just had a fanny pack. Yeah, they're off to Goodwill. I don't even know if Goodwill will accept them. About good James. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, AJ, are you enjoying season 32 of The Amazing Race? I actually am. I, I'm loving the unpredictability of it. Like, the fact that the, the, the leg will start, and we don't know who's going to be at the top. Um, you know, arriving even on this last episode, arriving to um, the, the market. You know, you had Hung and Chi were one of the last to arrive, and where they've been first the last two legs. So I'm loving that it's just fluctuating across the board with who's doing really well, who's forgetting clues, everyone's forgetting to read. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's it's so it's uh, the the entertainment factor is up there, and I, I'm glad that there are teams on there that I can root for, and there are teams that I'm like, you know, I you know, it might be nice to see you go home this <laughs> this leg. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's I'm enjoying it. Asia, can we put you on the spot? Who are the teams that you're rooting for, and who's the teams that you might say, <laughs> okay, uh, maybe uh, I I won't mind if you go home. Yeah, so I'm definitely rooting. So this alliance that is formed, I was really glad the people, the the teams that they selected because off the bat, the I'm loving five. Will and yeah, I'm loving Will and James. I'm loving D'Angelo and Gary. Loving uh, Ezwar and uh, Arpana. And then D'Angelo and Gary. So, I mean, it's not that I don't like the volleyball players. It's just, you know, in terms of likability, those are the top four who I'm just like, okay, I'm really wanting y'all to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say in terms of wanting to go home, it's oh, I, nothing against uh, Leo and Alana. I, you know, I, I support the decisions that they have made. It's just in terms of uh, entertainment factor and who I enjoy watching and rooting for. So I wouldn't mind them going home anytime soon um but you know mm-hmm. they're they're fine people but you know if i had to say <laughs> okay all right Jess, we have a bunch of feedback questions from our listeners. Of course, you can email us every single week, amazingrace at com, And we also like to take questions on our Facebook page. And then also, uh, you can send them to us on Twitter as well. Yep, I think... I'm happy to get them from anywhere. Okay. We mostly got them in our Facebook page this week, although we got a great email that I think I want to kick things off with. Okay. Take it away. Um, so, and I'm not going to read the whole email because it's it's a little bit lengthy and I think we'll get into some of the points that he makes, but we got an email from Trevor H. Yeah. Just a point of advice. Up, if you want, you know, your email read on a podcast, right? You know, keep it cute. Yeah. Four paragraphs, a little much to read on a podcast, but like, he we'll read does. It, but not the whole thing on the podcast. Yeah, well, if yeah. you could actually, if you write a long email, put a TLDR at the end, just so like a yeah. quick summary that we could read. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So TLDR, <laughs> he found a, he found an article of clothing available in the official CBS store. Um, now that they've repopulated the store with Amazing Race sweat, is it cargo pants? And it, they don't have Amazing Race cargo pants, Rob. Mm-hmm. But I think they should really um, come to you for merchandising advice. Mm-hmm. Um, so this shirt that is available that uh, Trevor brings to our attention is a black short sleeve T-shirt, and it has that sort of Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice aesthetic to it, mm. except all it says on it is buy, borrow, 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 
buy, borrow, barter, big. And it says the amazing race at the bottom. Now, he was understandably flummoxed by this because I've never heard this. And if I've never heard it, I don't think it's a thing that happened. So I would like to get everyone's take on the phrase buy, borrow, barter, big in conjunction with the amazing race, especially vis-a-vis the fact that we don't really talk about money changing hands on this show anymore. Hmm. Jess, are you telling me I have to get another tattoo? (laughs) (laughs) The other arm. The other arm has buy, barter, big beer. The four Bs. <laughs> the four Bs. Listen, I'm all about the Bs. I'm the man who runs a B&B, but I'm not going to double that output here. I think uh, there's a certain limit when it comes to Bs. And I feel like, fa- I, yeah, I feel like it's it's odd that they have four instead of three. Yeah. Right? Like three, maybe it's because I'm used to outwit, outplay, outlast, but like it feels like three is a good number Rule to have. Three. Like a snippy, uh, yeah, snippy phrase. Yeah. yeah. And uh, obviously I think the one you could... I don't know, actually, because buy and well, actually, they're all different. Re- they're all different. And, Maybe and also, a game none of these play, really Mike. apply to the Amazing Race. <laughs> yes. It's like, well, you could keep buy. Yes. No, they don't really buy things except for the market task. They you buy things. Barter. No, and they give them money. Uh, I mean, sort of. They buy taxi barter- rides. Borrowing is probably forbidden. Bartering is outright <laughs> forbidden. And begging is outright forbidden on the Amazing Race. So essentially, this is a list of don'ts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't buy anything. Yeah, I'm on the okay. shop now, and I see it says, whether you buy, borrow, barter, or beg, this The Amazing Race Barter Adult Short Sleeve T-shirt lets everyone know <laughs> that you are in it to win it. Yes. Asia, so. is it possible that these are the ways that you could acquire this new Amazing Race T-shirt? <laughs> of, you could buy it, borrow it, barter, or beg. Is there like a drop-down box? Right. I would love to see <laughs> most people beg. And mm-hmm. see how CBS responds to that, and how many shirts. Amazing great CBS, please, please. Can I, please I need this shirt. shirt. Now the Come question on. is though, depending on the method that you choose, do you then get like only that version? Like, do you only get the beg version if you begged for it? Hmm. Like, I don't know if you deserve all four if you choose a certain method. Uh, also, this feels like a slogan from like Gordon Gecko, not Phil Kogan. Buy, <laughs> borrow. <laughs> Barter, beg. Yeah, or like, or like, uh, or or Alec Baldwin's character in Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Yes. B, B, or, B, B. Yeah, or a rejected idea for a future Survivor season of buy oh, versus no. borrow versus barter versus beg. So what do we have? Like mystery shoppers versus like money lenders versus uh, like freegans traders versus, yeah. versus, versus <laughs> individuals and homeless people. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now, Asia, is this an expression outside of the Amazing Race? Is this something that Amazing Race just adopted? Like, if I go on Etsy, are there sort of like wooden wall placards that say this? Right. Like, I've literally never seen this check advertised anywhere. Yeah, have yeah. the Karen's <laughs> been saying it as of late. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Just another thing that's bizarre about the Amazing Race uh, merch store tweet that this uh, email came from, the profiled image is, we know you want to show off your official hashtag Amazing Race fanny pack. Uh, Where does the Amazing Race fanny pack rate in the uh, hierarchy of Amazing Race merch? Well... It doesn't really matter because you can't buy it anymore. This is a tweet from 2016. Uh, (laughs) Are they sold out or or have fanny packs fallen out of favor since 2016? I don't think fanny packs were in favor in 2016. Did they have a moment in 2016? 
I think the only time that you can get away with wearing a fanny pack is if you yourself are on the Amazing Race. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or if you are going to Six Flags or the fair... You right, know, you don't want to have to carry like if, a bag. If you're traveling internationally, right, wasn't that the, one of the also additional safety-based purposes of the fanny pack was like, well, you can make sure you're not pickpocketed because they have to unzip this pack and reach into it to grab your valuables. Very true. I'm I, I own a fun, fanny pack, and I will say the only time I've ever worn it um, was hiking in Canada and going to Disney World. Mm-hmm. But, so it's Those useful. Are- yeah, those are valid uses. I will say, in general, I think the swag that you can now buy for the Amazing Race is very low effort, mm-hmm. especially since they've changed their logo to be this sort of quasi-impact font. Mm. It looks like all of these t-shirts are basically like rejected lolcats. Well, actually, <laughs> let me let me bring something else up yeah. here, because I just found another one. And you know what? I'm now convinced that the Amazing Race is just trying to copy survivor phrases and just sort of like doing Mad Lib style, entering in words for other words, because they have a shirt here that says 11 teams, 12 (laughs) cities, detours, drama, 1 million. (laughs) And this is very clearly a takeoff on like 39 days, 20 people, one survivor, but they have (laughs) the weirdest nouns that they put in here. Right. 1 million what, you know? Yeah, one, yeah well, they, just, they put a number at the end. Right. I mean, to be fair, at the end of the race on the finish line, Phil always does say 30,000 miles, mm-hmm. seven cities. Uh, you are, have just won $1 million. But yeah, this 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 terrible impact font, 11 teams, 12 cities, mm-hmm. detours and drama. They don't monetize. They don't enumerate the right. detours and drama. Mm-hmm. So it's already weird. Yeah, it's so like weird. It they messes went, up the alignment. Numbers, they said, let's take a break. We need to go right. to letters for a second. Then, and then I want some love. And then, yep, yep, back to the numbers. And then I want to know the cost associated with leaving out the dollar sign. <laughs> like, why couldn't they have $1 million? Why it looks 1 like million? it would... It looks like it would nudge it over too far. Like I think, I think it would run far. into your armpit if you did mm-hmm. that. Uh, the CBS store is a real treasure trove, I think, of content for the tar pits. I also have scrolled up to the best sellers on the CBS store oh, no. of the top items. Uh, the four <laughs> featured items under best sellers are, of course, uh, number one, the replica Big Brother Power of Veto necklace. Everybody needs one of those. What size is it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what sizes. Uh, number two is a 20-year, uh, 40 seasons of Survivor commemorative buff. Okay, I kind of get that one. And can I just say, Rob, they ripped off the color scheme on this buff from the Survivor Islands of Ink logo? Oh, did they? Yes, it's very yeah, I can't, autumnal. I can't remember which one, which one came first, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. I have never seen this before, but when I saw it, I was like, did they steal my logo? Mm. And Then mm-hmm. yeah. the number third featured item under bestsellers is a Love Island personalized water bottle. Of course, uh, uh, anybody who uh, watching Love Island, if uh, especially if they're thirsty, is going to need that Love <laughs> Island personalized water bottle. Uh, okay, the creepy thing is when I mouse over this, 
It says Jessica on the side of the Whoa, oh, I'm not logged oh. in. I'm not logged what in. Is, oh, what does mine say? Okay. I'm not either. <laughs> mine just, oh, that's weird. Mine just says your name. Yeah. But then if you hover, well, mouse I over see it. Jessica. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I'm not buying it. The fourth is the most <laughs> bestseller on CBS.com store, CBSstore.com, the Criminal Mind Spencer Reed <laughs> standee. Of- oh, my God. <laughs> I don't want Matthew Gray Goobler staring at me. Yeah, Goobler. <laughs> I, don't want the, I don't want the goob in my room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's my private time, goob. Get out of here. <laughs> Who wants that? It's a bestseller. <laughs> wow. You could buy a Zingbot standee. Yeah. That might be worth it. Can you buy a Phil Kogan standee? I do not believe <laughs> What's going so. On with that? You can buy... Yeah, I you actually there's not even a Jeff Probst standee anymore. Mm-hmm. That's disappointing. Okay. Yeah. The um, fact that they have a category for standees. Wait, how? <laughs> yeah, you so can buy. Outfits. You can buy one of Grudge from Star Trek Discovery. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, okay. how tall is? Oh God, the goob cutout is six feet tall. <laughs> yeah. This thing's gonna haunt me if I ever buy it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now you can get the Shamar Moore. I could see why you would want that. Oh, I don't know goodness. if you if you okay, would yeah. want the Joe Montana. I don't know why they went all in on the Criminal Minds uh, <laughs> cardboard cutouts. Their cast is so enigmatic that you just want to have flat versions of them in your house at any point in time. <laughs> the Zingbot Sandy has sound. It says with sound. Ooh. Wow. Wait, why did they not schlep out sound capabilities for the Criminal Minds cast of character <laughs> standees? Cheapskates. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Okay. All right. Um, if anybody else has any more uh, interesting observations about the CBS store, uh, that please send our way. <laughs> it's great. Holiday shopping season is around there. the corner. Exactly. Get you and your loved one what they need. A Matthew Gray Goobler standee. Yes. Okay. A- any interesting masks, Asia, that you saw? I, they had an amazing race mask. Um, and then I saw some survivor masks. Mm-hmm. There's a be your own president mask. Yeah. Is that a madam some... president? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was just a call for anarchy from the CBS <laughs> store. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah okay all right good uh good stuff thank you uh who was this that sent the, the question directing us to the this CBS was, store this was our our friend trevor h trevor h thank you so much <laughs> yeah that was that was fantastic yeah okay okay so there's a kind of a logistical question and i could not remember the answer so i'm gonna say we probably don't know the answer mm-hmm. um just based on who usually knows the answer um, but Nick Fishman asked us if um, they have ever stated how many U-turns would be on a season before. I feel like I feel like maybe Phil has told us, but I don't think that the teams were told in, in clues outright. Of like, there's a one of only two U-turns on the race. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I do feel like. Phil has said at a certain point in the season, like, this is the first of three U-turns that'll be used in the, over the course of the Amazing Race. Yeah, I don't think they've ever been told. Like, we've never found out via a team reading it before. Yeah. But again, if, if we're talking about the whole big moves of it all, it makes sense to give them as much information as possible. Be like, you want to use this because there's going to be one more time to do it again. Yeah, so, Mike, do you like this? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think... 
I'm I'm someone who has really come around from a reality TV production standpoint to the idea of like give out as much information as possible to the contestants to be completely candid because I do think there is as much as you might want to get like this big shock factor of I did not see that coming the vast majority of the time when you give little information to the contestants they are just going to like keep their cards close to their chest and not Mm -hmm. actually change their behavior based on it so like for example we talked about this on our recap podcast i think there is a significant chance that if will and james do not know there's only one more u-turn coming down the line they do not use the u-turn this time and then we're deprived of that great moment yeah they basically scarcity mythed will and james here it's like there are no more U-turns. You better just use this one because who knows if you're going to get a chance to use the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We talk about this a lot with uh, other shows, uh, with uh, Big Brother and with Survivor, where a lot of times the players uh, can't make the best moves because they don't necessarily know the rules of the game. So uh, we'll applaud the Amazing Race for giving that information out up front. Yeah. yeah transparency. Sure. Right. Because you see like this season, even with Big Brother, they were not making certain certain moves because they thought there was going to be a jury buyback or Mm -hmm. different things like that so it's good i I, i'm totally with you mike give them as much information as possible because then we do get these big moments also they're not they're not playing in fear yeah survivor with the fire tokens uh back in Mm -hmm. season 40 was also you know players were sort of like okay well i'm gonna use the fire tokens because i I, like i i am going to use it for you know i'm I'm gonna uh, save my fire tokens because at this point i'm expecting there to be like the tyler perry idol available or or something that's going to ultimately help me win the game. It's no, no, that's not going to ever happen. <laughs> yeah, and, and what I've also estimated is like you can still do your big reveal, just don't save it for like the moment before. Like I get hung up with this usually with Australian Survivor, where they used to do like, uh, okay, you're at Tribal Council, you'll have a normal vote, but actually, it's this type of vote. If the players have been given information beforehand, they would have been able to strategize and produce a much more exciting result than now when they're just scrambling and they say, okay, we'll just stick with the plan, I guess, because I don't know what else to do. I'm very confused by everything going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's true. And we also see Survivor players sort of, there's also a point where they sort of play to what they think is going to happen. Like, oh, we can we can do this move because there's going to be a swap or we're going to we're going to play like this because there's going to be a merge. And I think though in those events, it's okay to like shake up the timing, but you need to know that that is a thing that's going to happen or it really screws with you. Okay. What else okay. came in on okay. the mailbag? So we had two kind of related questions here about the detour. And I think this is, we have some confirmation that this is accurate. So I'm, I'm curious to see your thoughts on this. So, um, our friend Sam says, what did you think about the cooking task seemingly being easy to complete with no mistakes really being shown and the shelter task having the man point out what was wrong instead of just saying no like normal? And then on a related note, Deshaun says, what was the cooking challenge one where everyone who completed it could have got a clue regardless of how it turned out? Right. We talked about this a bit, right? Of like, was there a taste quality mm-hmm. to the foods that you prepared? We assume no, but it turns out that was actually quite untrue. Yeah, that's um, a thing that we learned. But we did learn that it was a sort of a lopsided detour because the teams that did both sides of it said that the cooking task was actually quite a bit easier. Yeah, yeah and the top three teams were they all did the cooking task. 
Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I rewatched the episode again and, you know, that we saw, you know, uh, Will and James uh, ended up just flying through that. And we saw where uh, Riley and Madison, I think that they were the first team to arrive at a detour and they were still like fourth or fifth. And they had a relatively easy time, uh, it seemed like, with like they seemed they mm-hmm. didn't have to take their thing apart. So it definitely feel, uh, felt like that that was a longer part of the day. Um we when we talked with uh, Jerry and Frank also Jessa that I think that uh, it was Jerry who had mentioned that he had like the flour stuck to the bottom of the pan so it seems like that, yeah. that and that wasn't a taste issue but in sort of uh, the uh, aesthetics of what they put together I guess you could screw up there yeah yeah and also I think it's an interesting it's always an interesting thing to observe is um, when you have a task judge in a detour. When they are when they are tasked with telling you whether or not you got it right, sometimes right. they just tell you it's wrong, and you have to figure out what you did wrong. As with last week with the hooking up of the horn, mm-hmm. and then this week we had the wall wall slash roof building challenge where they always said, "Okay, this is wrong. You have to do this part." And I think there's no hard and fast rule. People are always kind of shocked when they watch kind of two back to back tasks where they. They do the judging very differently, but it's very subjective. And I think it changes according to how hard it's going to be to figure out what you did wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think most of the time, at least, we usually see the former over the latter. We usually just see the very vague, "Mm -mm, no, versus the, well, actually, if you reverse the leaves on this one, I think you'll be all hunky-dory, which speaks to the frustrating elements of The Amazing Race. Maybe they threw him a bone. It's been very tiring for this cast if this episode was any indication. So maybe they're like, hey, man. Can you throw them a bone here and just like point out that their leaves are backwards? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe they knew that the cooking task was easier, so they said, "Okay, we need to give them something on the other task." Right, handicap it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, just to speak to something that you've brought up a couple times about a producer is the person making the call. Like the producer's not tasting the soup. Also, so it's really no. <laughs> an eyeball uh, thing of like, "Ah, oh, looks good. All right, thumbs up." Yeah, I have it on good authority that the soup tasting was purely ceremonial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and on Amazing Race Canada, they throw you a lot more um, in the bone department. As I- I've observed that frequently on Amazing Race Canada, they are told what they did wrong so they can fix it, uh, which is not, I would say, they do that far more often there than they do here. Okay. Okay, so then I have one more piece of feedback that I wanted to get to, and that is from Brian O'Connell, who says, The cinematography this season has been pretty great. This episode's closing shot of Phil with one foot up on the boat's railing, seemingly watching the last boat of the eliminated team driving away in the distance, was some next-level greatness for Amazing Race. Do you agree? I mean, I'll be completely candid. I did not pay attention to that much. But the more that you talk about it, you know, I think it also, when you benefit from the landscape that you're able to go to, that's why we always get, like, those sweeping shots whenever they're, like, hiking in the Alps, right, of, like, the, the just the beauty of that. And I think they commented it a lot, and I totally agree about just, like, the majesty of the Amazon River. It was cool that they were able to use a lot of those shots of the boats traveling down it. And so maybe it was sort of, like, locations-based cinematography, but it's a good call-out. 
Yeah, I don't know if anybody's ever like gotten into sort of like the evolution of cinematography on these shows, but you know, back 20 years ago when the show started, the cameras that people needed to hold for these shows were probably, you know, these monstrosities that probably weighed like 40, 50 pounds. So mm-hmm. it was probably an issue where to be a camera person, you needed to be of like a certain like physical stature so that you would not topple over holding this gigantic camera and I feel like that as cameras have gotten smaller and smaller and smaller I think that this really opens the door to a lot uh more of a of a of a different uh selection of people that are available to be the different like uh, cinematographers and uh, camera people on these shows and I've, i wonder i would imagine that maybe that has led to more you know artistic cinematography as uh mm-hmm. time has gone by and it's not just somebody like okay number one can you carry a 50 pound camera okay uh and then number two do you even know how to work it <laughs> Yeah, that's something I, I will admit, Rob, I had not thought about the evolving size of cameras, but it's a really good point that not only does it open the door for more people to be camera people, although I will say it's still a hard gig to get. It's a union job and you have to know somebody basically, mm-hmm. but it's also the variety of angles you can get and how quickly you can switch them up mm. is also affected there. Also, we got more drones. Mm-hmm. We have we have drones, so we get a lot more of those sweeping shots because you don't have to rent a helicopter to do them mm-hmm. anymore. Do you think eventually the Amazing Race will get to a time where we won't have the people with the cameras on their back? They'll just be a drone pilot running behind the team <laughs> trying to have a drone follow them? Yeah. I'm just picturing like that droid at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back just follows them everywhere <laughs> with the camera. Yeah. Back to the rebel base. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. And yeah. I and I will say just I mean as it evolves going year to year especially when there's so much time in between each season that naturally we would see an improvement in cinematography. Um but yeah, I definitely think drones have a lot to do with it. Mhm. It's also really hard to watch those early seasons mixed up with the new ones because they're not in high depth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We experienced that from Big Brother this summer, too, of like mixing the SD footage in there. Like you can blur those bars on the side as much as you want to. But like that aspect ratio speaks for itself. <laughs> yep. OK. Uh, any other feedback questions we want to hit for this week? Um, I think that's pretty much uh, the best of the feedback, but I want to appreciate everybody that has sent in feedback this week. And if we didn't get to your question, it's probably just because we we tackled it in the recap or we intend to discuss it in another context on the show. Okay. All right. We have some social media uh, scenes that uh, get put out by the amazing race uh, social department after the episode. Uh, Mike, what are we going to take a look at this week? Yeah, so we've got a couple of things. Uh, so the first is a scene that takes place between Hung and Chi and uh, Victoria and Michelle, who obviously Victoria and Michelle did not have a great day, despite the fact that they came in third to last. And somehow another moment of messiness that we did not see took place in which uh, Victoria and Michelle believed that Hung and Chi were stealing their boat, and so it pro- they proceeded to yell at them while Hung and Chi are also trying to warn them there's a double U-turn coming up. Okay. All right. Uh, let's, let's listen in on Hung and Chi having a run-in with the great uh, Michelle and Victoria. Here we go. Can we- Guys, there's a U-turn ahead. Are you- oh. 
There's no yeah. body. There's Are you coming? Maybe we're coming. Coming. Okay. So Hung is trying to warn them. No, this is our boat. He's not going to... No, he's not going to leave with it. He's not There's leave. more marked There's boats more marked boats. There. You're supposed to take whatever boats here. Yeah, but he's not going to leave with y'all with our boat. No, it says take... So let me just explain what's going on here. So uh, so uh, Hung and Chi are trying to warn them about what's going on. Uh, Michelle and Victoria have shown up and they think that Hung and Chi are going to leave with their boat. Uh, and they're, <laughs> they're very concerned about this. Right. It's, it's uh, Surprise, surprise. It's a misunderstanding. Probably the, the subtitle of this season of mm-hmm. The Amazing Race. Because for all Michelle and Victoria know, there's a clue to like, do the task, get back on the boat and hightail it out of here. And much like we've had many... You know, much drama in the past seasons of Amazing Race with teams taking other teams' cabs. They feared it would be the more yeah. aquatic version this time. And Jess, I think this is also a throwback to episode one where we talked about the one-sided rivalry of uh, Michelle <laughs> versus Hung and Chi, where Hung and Chi don't realize that uh, Michelle has any animosity towards them. Yeah, and you really <laughs> get a fla- you really get the flavor of this later in the clip where you have uh, Hung just starts yelling, like, don't worry about it. It's okay. We're not mad we're okay we're not doing anything and it, it just keep she just keeps going and going and going and she's trying to placate <laughs> them at an 11 okay let's see uh so michelle and victoria have gotten off the boat it says so in the clue it says you're permitted well, to take any boat victoria why do you have to reiterate that they know the rules yes because we read it too michelle God. let's go Wow, we tried to help you guys and tell you that there's a double U-turn. Hey, I helped. No, we're all about it, too. I apologize. Wait, wait, did we get everything off the bo- boat, Victoria? Oh, let's take this boat. No, okay, we can't fine. take. Let's just take the other boat. Let's you go. must go fast. That's ridiculous. Don't take the boat. No, That's no, not cool, Michelle. Okay, where are we going? Hung, I'm sorry. No, no take the boat. I'm take not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. Go. Don't <laughs> put your go. I'm sorry, Hung. Don't I'm be not mad. mad. I'm sorry, Hung. That's why we're freaking out. I'm sorry. Go. I'm sorry. Where do we go? I love Michelle and Victoria. Oh, well, I will. Here's Um, the thing. I know that Robbie said, like, okay, you know, when you were introducing Asia, like, we don't have any Big Brother contestants to talk about. If I might put in, like, a a bold prediction, I would not be surprised if Michelle Newland becomes a Big Brother contestant in the next five years. I think she would be amazing television. Yeah. Yeah, she's so entertaining. Oh, my gosh. Like, them not knowing where... where the clue was after doing the seeing the w turn spending 34 <laughs> minutes looking for a vase that was right there next to the and, sign and the thing is was gold uh, there's there's a secret scene actually that we won't uh highlight here but there's a scene of like i guess two of the 34 minutes they spent wandering around they're walking through people's <laughs> houses they are searching through their things thinking that a clue is there which is just like beyond belief and i guess when you're an amazing racer like anything can be a clue but i would just imagine being this poor Amazonian tribe members like oh some Americans are coming in to film today and then they go through your personal belongings walk through your house and like there's nothing here Victoria Victoria oh my god I'm sorry I'm mad and I'm yelling I'm so sorry and then they just walk out after five minutes you know you know what I think threw them off was the fact that the the guys spit the the, the, the blow dart yeah to get the clue though yeah the blow dart out uh, to get the clue out of the tree so they're thinking they, they have it in their mind like clues are in wild places <laughs> on this leg of the race <laughs> nothing else made sense yeah maybe you needed a blow gun to find the next clue it might have been it could have been anywhere yeah, yeah. and I, I do love that Chief we get uh, speaking, of, uh, 
Speaking of, of episode one, I, I do love that we get a hint of the Michelle and Victoria dynamic as well, because Michelle is adamant about, like, you can't take our boat. You can't take our boat. And Victoria says, actually, in the clue, it says that they're allowed to take whatever boat she wants. Victoria, shut up! <laughs> She's like, have my side. I, I may be wrong, but you're supposed to be my sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just uh, going back to the scene uh, where they're fighting over the juice. Uh, I mean, th- that's th- the highlight of the episode. <laughs> so great so great okay uh yes uh, but hashtag michelle for bb23 yes yeah. please i i would watch right that now. please yeah or anything we'll put it on <laughs> put it on any show yeah i want, I want to see michelle in, in life yeah just see her like yeah. <laughs> loudly apologize for things i'm just gonna follow her on instagram let's we'll see what's uh hopefully she has some stories right. okay. she's got stories okay uh the, the yeah the other one that i wanted to play Albeit, uh, it's a bit loud, but uh, Hung and she are on the boat on the Amazon. Hung really gets into it. And I figured in honor of, you know, we just passed Halloween. I want to bring a bit of a banshee spirit to the tar pits this week. Okay. All right. Here's Hung and Chi on their boat. This is right after they found the boat after uh, having their run in with Michelle and yeah, Victoria. This is, this is after they got, they tried to get on a ferry, realized it was not the boat and then actually found <laughs> their boat. And no, this is pre them getting in a fight with Michelle and Victoria over them thinking that they're trying to steal said boat. Yeah. And this clip is called Save Energy, comma, Buddy. Don't call me buddy, buddy. Okay. To the market to pick up hammocks because when we went to do the check-in with the dockmaster, we put everything out, he gave us a thumbs up, and we just took off like idiots. And we didn't know, we didn't remember to keep our stuff together. When we came back to pick it up, somebody probably had accidentally picked up our hammocks. And so we had to run all the way back to the market and buy new hammocks. We're still working together good, so that's a, that's a bonus. And we're having fun now on a speedboat on the Amazon River. Okay, so here's what I want to see. Yes. I want to see, you know how they occasionally have that feature where you have to switch partners? Yeah, 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 yeah. I really want to see Hung and Michelle on a team, and yes. then they're each one of them has their like Jiminy Cricket partner, and put the two of them like together, being lawful good off someplace and being very quiet, and then just put the two of them on a team. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's one of those things where like when you get the doormat at party city that like when you step on it and mix that scream that's that scream that's the wilhelm scream you know if they're gonna make more of these cardboard cutouts with sound yeah that they need to make a cardboard yeah cardboard cutout is, of hung thing, with that with sound like the zingbot yeah yeah, this, yeah. Is a, this is this is a cry of ecstasy though like this sounds like hung is being gutted like she is being carved. <laughs> no, apart, but I, like I see. This is more like a Jack Dawson like opening of Titanic of like uh, I'm the king of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure a couple of early seasons had people doing that exact thing, and I'm pretty sure CBS told them to knock it off. <laughs> now the the great thing is it's it's uh it's tough to hear in the clip because there's a subtitle, but she's like, uh, yeah, you're getting a little loud there, buddy. Like, <laughs> bring it bring it down a little bit, please. 
It's great. Uh, Mike, should we go on? Is there is there more here? No, we can go. Though the, the speaking of the hammocks, because I realized that she uh, that Hung talked about it. I will also bring up that in Michelle and Victoria's crusade to figure out what to do for the next clue, they did indeed try to hang up their hammocks in a man's house, thinking that that would give them the clue. <laughs> None of this was in the the clue. No. They said, oh, it's the hammocks. We have to hang up the hammocks. Because I think they saw someone hang up hammocks somewhere. They thought, we got to hang up a hammock in some man's house. Mm. I mean, to be fair, they never explained the hammocks. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I guess they do. But they do have to, they have to sleep on them going mm. in, uh, to the next leg. Cause, oh, yeah, okay. Like, uh, maybe it's yeah, for the boat. He's like, Bring on, this, own, yeah. Yeah, he's on this cruise boat, they'll have to sleep on hammocks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. I, I missed the part where you had to BYOB. Yeah. Jess, have you ever slept on a hammock overnight? (laughs) Not overnight, no. Uh, We we had one in our backyard this summer, and I napped in it for sure. Yeah. Mm. I think a nap in a hammock, good. A night's sleep in a hammock, not so great. Well, that's that's this is like the monkey's paw, right? Of like, okay, amazing racers, we're finally giving you a full night of sleep, but it's in a what? hammock. <laughs> yeah, right. and on a boat. Like, what yes, is going also on sickness? Next week, it's going to be like, welcome to this Russian castle. Enjoy your water bed on a bare rock floor. <laughs> is that so the water bed pops? Yeah, exactly. That is just, uh, weirdly specific, Mike. <laughs> then you're just like surrounded up. <laughs> Hopefully, Hung doesn't have night terrors. <laughs> I think when they were sleeping on the floor in the mine, they would have heard about anybody having night terrors. <laughs> okay. I think we also got a sneak peek if, if Hung and she end up winning the amazing race. We'll find out as Phil's giving out his detours, drama, one million. You've done it, Hung and she. <laughs> <laughs> And I was wondering the same thing y'all were talking about on the recap about like you only needed the materials for the cooking task yeah. and the detour or not the detour, but or yeah, in the detour. But um, so I was thinking like, oh, maybe they didn't have to have them, but obviously they need the hammock to sleep. So yeah. they weren't going to allow anyone to move. Forward. So if somebody didn't have the hammock, where are they going to sleep on the boat? On the floor. <laughs> <laughs> in a lifeboat they'd, yeah they'd make them go back and they get yeah lives. see and jerry was saying that we, oh see we we didn't need that stuff uh we could have we could have done it without it but he didn't know that they slept on the hammock that they had to bring so they well, that's true they wouldn't have known yeah okay yeah. that also does seem like such a dad thing to fall asleep in a hammock like i think that would have been jerry's real home space easy to fall <laughs> asleep in the hammock hard to stay asleep in the hammock that's why it's exactly. good for a nap Good for a nap, yeah. Yeah, everyone's going to wind up like that one shot of Stephen Fishback in Cambodia where like it looks like you're caught in a net and your face is like embedded inside the mesh of the hammock. Yeah. Was it one or two hammocks? It was two. Okay, okay. <laughs> you, you think it's I'm a, just imagining uh, like two a, people a queen-size hammock. hammock? Right. Well, yeah, that's the thing of like if you get in a hammock with someone like you're either should be really friendly with them or you're going to be because like there is no room you can't there's no wiggle room in a hammock it it forces you in close quarters yeah Yeah. this isn't like the hammock from the big brother backyard (laughs) i've been inside the hammock with up to three children and it does get very cozy in there Mm -hmm. Mm. okay all right any other clips to look at mike I think we're good on on clips for now. I think let's let the serene sounds of Hung's scream take us through the next however many days until the next episode when it comes to clips. It's a great transition. (laughs) I think this should be our official transition sound from here on out. (laughs) Oh, God.
Man, they're really, the they're really informative, but for some reason, every 15 minutes, they play a horrific scream. <laughs> <laughs> to make yeah, sure anybody's three... not dozing off in a hammock. Two yeah, star yeah. deduction for the scream. Same energy, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now here's the part of the podcast where we play out of context screaming <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna make it a text message now uh, yeah. oh god no one's gonna want to text you again <laughs> mm-hmm. okay all right okay. Uh, jess are we gonna take a look at some social media yeah we are and we're gonna kick things off here um with a tweet from the official Amazing Race account, which I've dropped this link into the chat. So I want everybody to play this game that um, Amazing Race CBS on Twitter has given to us. Okay. And all right. What this is, this is a animated GIF oh. of all of the teams, and you tap Uh-oh, on yeah. it to pause and see which Amazing Race team would you turn you if you were competing. Okay. So it is, they are all flying by. If you tap, you uh, you pause it. <laughs> And uh, I guess we'll find out who's who's you turning all of us. All right. Yep. Asia, who's you turning like a- you? So I legit just did it three times because I was just like, oh, well, let me change it up. Let me get someone different. Well, no, three times in a row. I got Will and James. Okay. Wow. I, mean, there, I, I wonder. Like Nate Silver the, rolling a die. Yeah, I was going to say, if the, yeah, the probability <laughs> is set up to mm-hmm. be like, well, Will and James will get a disproportionate amount because they're the most likely to actually use a U-turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay, how Let's about see. you, Mike? I'm going to click right now. I got Gary and D'Angelo. Oh, okay. Hmm. They couldn't figure out what's a wall and what's a roof, but they figured out what a U-turn board is. Okay, Jess, who U-turn you? <laughs> uh, well, this I think this is a statement about how well I would do on The Amazing Race, but I got Jerry and Frank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and I all I too have been U turned by Jerry and Frank because <laughs> they did Maybe not like a our team, interview Rob. the other day. Just <laughs> oh yeah, y'all are a team. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I always, I always I always find these things interesting. They're sort of like but like GIF BuzzFeed quizzes of like yeah. We're not even going to put you through answering questions. Like just click on something and that'll be the thing that happens. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, we we had this we had this game on our own Instagram for a while. Where you could be like a Survivor 40 player. Yeah, which this Survivor 40 sure. winner are you? Yes. But this is the opposite of who's you turning you. Yeah, it is. Like, which <laughs> team secretly hates you? Right. <laughs> well, maybe that's the team you are and you're like self-hating. Mm-hmm. Now you know. Yep. All right. So it was an interesting week for social media for the racers because I think... We are in a phase of The Amazing Race where these people were on this show two years ago. They have completely, like, they had a great time. They made friends for life. Any any beef they had with anybody is pretty much gone. And they just have the warm, cozy memories. And now they get the excitement of watching it all back on TV. The problem is, when you go that long between filming and viewing, you are maybe a little less prepared for the response you're going to get on social media. Hmm. And a couple of teams in particular had a little trouble this week because they really feel like they need to explain themselves. And I think this is something CBS needs to do, and I would be happy to develop this curriculum for them for a nominal (laughs) fee. Um, They need to give people a seminar in how to deal with social media once you are a semi-public figure. And I think... 
number one on this is don't look at your mentions. Like, don't look at what people are saying about you. Like, just don't do it. And uh, I think James today uh, had a tweet to this effect. um, And he notes, uh, I went down a rabbit hole. I probably shouldn't have. Remember, The Amazing Race is a game. You don't have to respect the moves I made, but to make it nasty and personal is unnecessary. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. And... You saw a lot of uh, Leo and Alana kind of are still getting a little bit of trouble this week, Um, not just because of the blowback from last week, but also for their outsized reaction and getting U-turned. They they were defending themselves quite a bit on Twitter to people telling them they were overreacting. And I think... Everyone out there who feels like you need to expend energy telling people on a reality show that they suck... Don't do that. Go out. Go outside. Do something else. Like I know it's hard to stay in mm-hmm. inside all the time now that we are all quarantined for months on end. But there's got to be something better. Like take up a craft. Like get a Ooh. cricket machine. Yes. Yeah. Make make another amazing race shirt. Yeah. One that has better <laughs> phraseology than buy, barter, borrow, beg. Yeah. Take up <laughs> take up some font design and maybe come up with a typeface that's better than what they're using right now. Mm-hmm. Um. I think they're they're clearly open to suggestions because they really phoned it in this time. So, so yeah, I, yeah. Just want to make sure. So you're saying that uh, you know I don't think we're going to change the people who are uh, harassing Amazing Race contestants. I don't think they listen to these podcasts, and if they did, they probably don't take that kind of life advice. But for the people who might be receiving the uh, negativity, what what do you suggest for them? Ignore it. Yeah, ignore it. Definitely don't go looking for it. Like oh, sometimes yeah. I, I think you should make liberal use of the mute and block button. Set your set your Twitter settings so that you only get a notification when you get added by someone you are following. Hmm. This is this is something that I've done that's been really helpful. So um, if I'm not following you back and you like me, um, I'll I'll figure it out. Every so often I tell people like, let me know if I'm not following you back and I should be open but, enrollment. Yeah, open enrollment. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is I know you, I know it's really tempting to find out what people think of you um, once your episode is aired, and you you get the dopamine rush from getting mentioned and having having strangers respond to who you are as a person. But it's really not a good idea to get too far down this rabbit hole. Yes. Nothing good comes out of it because every single person out there, they're going to misinterpret something you did and you are not going to be able to correct them. And it is a fool's errand to try. There's a point of diminishing returns in terms yes. of knowing what people think about you. I think that you kind of want to know overall the broad strokes. And I don't think you necessarily need to know every single thing people think about you. You need the TLDR, not the four paragraph email. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And I would and I right. would also, even from a different perspective, but sort of going off of what you said, Will and James and Leo and Alana are good now. Yeah. Uh, and they have made it very public to be like, hey, just so you know, Leo and Alana said, we're fine with what Will and James did. We were salty in the moment, but that's just the race. Will and James said, we're good with Leo and Alana now. So, like, I, I know that especially with the uh, Big Brother, I think we are right to sort of stoke the flames of people fighting with each other on social media. But I also think, like, if the parties involved are fine with what they did, you you don't need to be that fired up. Yeah. You know, because the, the parties that were actually involved, if, if you are showing more 
uh, enthusiasm and negativity towards the situation and the actual people who got you turned, then mm-hmm. I, I think you're okay to take a couple breathers. Yep. I mean, yeah, they, they even noticed that um, they've even noted that their group chat is called U-Turn. So that okay. should give you a clue <laughs> about how seriously they're taking it. Yeah, because you don't want to be the one to reignite the the feelings they were feeling at the time, especially since this is their first time watching it back. But it is kind of one of those situations like a girl is her boyfriend does something bad and she tells her friends about it. But then she makes up with her boyfriend, but mm. her friends didn't make up with the boyfriend. So then <laughs> the yep. friend is has these unwarranted feelings towards the boyfriend that they, they may act on, you know, in this situation, the fans are are that friend and yeah. you should just, you know, mind your business and just enjoy watching the show. And let me explain to our listeners so that they can tell when teams are not getting along with each other. So if people f- unfollow each other on Instagram, that's how we'll know <laughs> if they're not getting along. And then we say, Ooh, they unfollowed on Instagram. And then, and then they, the other team, and as far as we know, all these amazing race teams all follow each other still on Instagram and Twitter. And there's been no unfollows, right. Mike. Will and James have not auctioned off their invitation to Leo and Alana's wedding that happened in the past mm-hmm. for charity. And that wedding invitation has not been framed. Yeah. Like, we assume everything's pretty good with them. And I will also add, on top of Jess's social media suggestions, I know that's also a new thing on Twitter that I believe you can modify who is allowed to respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if, if you are if you feel like you're, you're getting it from a bunch of <laughs> egg people, just set it to only people who I follow can reply to this. I and believe, be to- I believe you can even set it to only people that have a profile picture. Oh, so yeah, there, that's good. There are some options to pursue there. Cause oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's we're through the first few weeks here. I can imagine that I wouldn't say it's, it's only going to get worse, but this being sort of the main source of reality television for the fall is, is a blessing and a curse and that you have more eyes on you but you also have more eyes on you. <laughs> and yes, to hammer the point home, do not be like Michelle and Victoria. Do not go searching for 34 minutes to find things because for all you know, the good words are waiting for you right in front of you like a nice little basket. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I will say, you know, we, apart from, apart from Rob, um, who, Rob is the only person on this panel who has been <laughs> on a nationally televised reality show, to my knowledge. Um, yeah. Asia, you might have a you might have a whole career I'm not aware of, but right. um, no. I think all of us as podcasters have had a tiny taste of this, where we want to know what people think, and we go searching a little bit too deeply, and we find things we shouldn't have seen, and it ruins our day. So we know what we're talking about, and I think to be fair, that happens it, to me all the time, also. Yeah, it happens mm-hmm. to you all the time. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, you just got to look at the ratios. For every, <laughs> yes. you know, yeah, for every, yes. you know, 19 great comments and you're, you're great, there's going to be one that's, uh, I don't like the sound of your voice. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, if I, I mean, if I may offer a solution, if trolls do, res- do sort of send messages to you, respond with a link to the CBS store to the Matthew Gray Goobler criminal <laughs> mind statement, <laughs> a bestseller. Smart. And just see how they respond to it. Yeah, like, send them something that doesn't make any sense. And then they'll be just like all day, like, what did that mean? What did that even mean? Yeah, like, oh, this asshole sent me to Criminal Minds Cardboard Cutout. Why do I need the Power of Veto replica from the CBS store? <laughs> that, why? My name is not Jessica. I don't need a water bottle with my name on it. <laughs> Smart. 
This yeah, is great. very smart. Yeah, okay. yeah, this, it's fantastic. Um, I think this was a good, I think good talk, everybody. Um, yeah. We had a little bit of extra secret scenes um, that they didn't air, but uh, Victoria points out that uh, she says they definitely didn't show when I sliced my hand open with machete. You can see my hand bandaged up while I'm in the boat. Oh yeah, I did uh-huh. see that. Oh my god. This- Oh, no. Did nobody pay attention to her while she was in the sand with her hand cut open by the machete a la Karishma? (laughs) 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 Boy, okay. Be careful uh, with the machete. Uh, All the more reason why Jerry and Frank had to get a wooden machete, Mike. Yeah, and it's also why, uh, you know, it turns out Michelle said that she's not, they don't give her knives in the kitchen. Turns out neither one of the Newlands should be given any sort of sharp (laughs) metal objects. Mm, Be careful. Yeah, I can't wait for next week when the when the detour is going to be like sharp pointy thing or other sharp pointy thing. <laughs> they're going to have to sit out. Yeah, they're going yeah, to take, take the penalty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that uh, Alana also tweeted because uh, another reason why Alana and Leah were kind of getting a little a little bit of, of crap thrown their way is because they had that that package uh, in the beginning of the episode of like I went to Harvard and got a master's and Alana talked about her master's in poetry and she said that for the record. What I said right after, quote, I have a master's degree in poetry was, quote, it's not going to do shit for me. That's two years <laughs> of my damn life. <laughs> so they, they, they like to clip off that thing of, you know, she was very self-deprecating about it, but the edit made her come across like she's very <laughs> braggadocious about her master's in poetry for The Amazing Race. Mike, do you think she was referring to on the race or in terms of in terms of job prospects? Was that more of like I mean, a meta yeah. commentary on uh, like, hey, kids, like if you're thinking about getting a poetry degree, don't do it. Porque yeah, I mean, no los it, it, dos, actually, Rob. It's very well known that Leo and Alana went onto the race to uh, really talk down the idea of higher education and really bring it down to its knees. And so I think, you know, boo on the, the editors for not being able to get that point across, for really showing all of Leo and Alana's points. Well, look, yeah. Mike, there are many different educational paths you can take, and they are all valid. Yes, yes. Are we, Someone are we very wise taught me that. coverage from Tough as Nails, Jess? Yeah, actually, I believe, wasn't that a, a, it's a conversation at the pit stop. Leo and Alana actually couldn't sleep. They stayed up all night while Phil talked to them about the master's degree in poetry and how that's not too bad from the electrical workers who put, are putting in the work every Have day. Have you considered trade schools? <laughs> yeah. Master's degree from trade school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very valid. Okay. It's Anything else valid. from social media, Jess? Um, well, there's a little bit of conversation about the U-turn out there, and I'm not going to completely recap it, but... um. Will and James have basically gone on record as saying that the conversation that the three of us had during the show recap really outlines exactly why it was an okay move for them to use the U-turn. Mm-hmm. And um, Leo backs us up as well. He says, anyone who says Will and James shouldn't have U-turned us because it's playing dirty or something would be absolutely wrecked by them in a game of strategy. The U-turn board is there for a reason. If you have a strategic argument, that's another convo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess it almost sort of go against uh, the points we just made earlier. It's okay if people respond with compliments for you, in which yeah. case we're very re- appreciative of that. Yeah. And I don't even mind nuanced critique. I just don't want someone saying that the sound of my voice makes them want to kill themselves. <laughs> well, I think we have a sound to play in response to somebody saying the yes, sound we of their do. voice makes you... Makes you <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> save energy, buddy. Yeah, maybe that should be our response to people. Yeah, save the energy, buddy. Yeah. Yes. Hey, did you, do you have any thoughts about the Will and James U-turn from this week's episode? 
I thought it made sense, especially um, given that, you know, they're not a part of this alliance that they have formed. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, anything to slow down another team. Um, I think that, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, now that Leo and Alana are still there. um, And then the fact that uh, it was Kaylin and Haley who you turned uh, Mm -hmm. Franken. Okay, so the fact that they you turned you turned uh, Frank and um Frank and his son, uh, because you, you, Jer- Jerry, the, Jerry and Frank, Jerry yeah, and Frank. the dad. Yes. Yeah. Jerry's the dad. So, okay. That's another thing. I cannot get the names straight. Like, especially Kaylin and Haley. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know y'all said shorter name, Haley. She's a shorter one. Okay. I got that when I was looking so I didn't at even them, know that pack. If they're, if they're just sitting in the car, I don't know who's shorter <laughs> and I don't know their names and Michelle and Victoria. I mean, only this episode with the, the gold that Michelle has given us. I, I now know Michelle. I'm just like these names that they just are can be flip flop. But well, anyway, just about this, like Asia, Michelle likes to wear her hair in a bun. Yes. She also likes to cook buns because she's mm-hmm. a chef. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> in the bun that wouldn't get messed up, even though yeah, exactly. it was messed up. At the end. Mm-hmm. Um, even but when she the gets sweaty, that- it still looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the fact that Kaylin and Haley, you turned, um, the other team, I'm, I'm interested to see how that's going to play a, a factor in how like Will and James thinks about them, because now it, it could be this big alliance against um, the other two teams, whereas right. before they may have not seen Kaylin and Haley as a team that they, they needed to kind of, you know, jeopardize at any point. Yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a good point, because like I'll be intrigued to see if at all, how this, like, Mine 5 reacts to the U-turn. Because, I like, Will and James are all for it. Yeah. But something tells me, like, they're so gung-ho about it, and others would be like, okay, <laughs> we didn't talk about doing that. So, I mean, as long as it's not us, that's fine. But to your point, Aisha, I don't know if it'll necessarily be like a, all right, everyone, we're going for Kaylin and Haley. We're taking <laughs> them out. Like, I don't know if this will be a weaponizing, uh, you know, flag to gather around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might just be Will and James thinking, like, themselves, like, okay, we didn't. The fact that they messed up our plan, now we need to make sure that they go home, too. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they might. I think, if anything, to your point, it does... Kaylin and Haley had a really good week this week, and they correctly deployed a U-turn. They came in third, which is amazing. I think they've shown themselves to be players who can run with the with the pack. And I think, yeah. if anything, it does make them bigger targets, but I still think there's going to be individual strategic context whenever there's a decision that can mess with somebody else's game. Mm-hmm. So with, I think that's everything I wanted to point out apart from um, Michelle and Victoria had a great Halloween costume yesterday. Okay. So that was fun. Um, yes. They, they are, I'm going to drop this link into the chat so you guys can see it. But I was, I was very impressed. I thought this was very fun. Um, they both dressed as Chun Li from Street Fighter. Oh, uh, dude, that's mm. primarily because she has two buns on her head, and Michelle's like, "I got this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's four times the buns, yes. so four times the fun. Okay, yeah, she said, "If there's one thing she can do, that's a bun." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is if if Chun Li is playing against herself, is one red and one blue? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, like all of the players have uh, color variations so that you can, um, I think in the updated Street Fighter, wasn't the original one, but the updated yeah. one, you could play the same character against each other. Maybe they should, maybe they should do that, you know, for like Kaylin and Haley. Maybe they shouldn't both wear pink. Maybe some one should wear pink and one should wear like maroon. So that way you can tell mm-hmm. who's who. 
I have to say, I was never a big Street Fighter person. Uh, I, I I preferred Mortal Kombat. Same. I was just about to say that. I was more of a Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mortal Well, I think they both they both have horrendous movie adaptations, mm-hmm. so I guess they're very similar in that regard. Well, Mortal Kombat had more of like the uh more of like the the talk of the town because that was the whole crusade about like, oh, it's too violent, they have the fatality, you can grab someone's skeleton. <laughs> and here's Street Fighter just like cruising on by, like, no, we're just traveling around the world, kicking each other's butts or our own butts if we're colored the same, but we're the same character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've not seen the Mortal Kombat movie, but the Street Fighter movie definitely has the more visible cast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> has Street Fighter held up over the years? Are there more current Street Fighter adaptations? Oh, that's a good game. Uh, in terms of, like, games or... Like, Mortal Kombat continues to exist into uh, the year 2020. The Street Fighter right. have uh, current adaptations. Ooh, let's look. Uh, 2016. 2016? Okay. Yeah, and there's actually one coming out in 2020, Street Fighter V, Champion Edition. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Champions versus so it's Challengers. Like the... Yeah, so it's like the winners at war of Street Fighter. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say. Chun-Li at war. <laughs> <laughs> Better get ready. <laughs> M. Bison's coming for you. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. A- anything else from so- the world of social media? I think that's about it for the world of social media. Unless Mike's got anything he wants to highlight. No, uh, the only other thing is that uh, Leo and Alana have officially started watching Survivor David versus Goliath because for the umpteen time, someone has made a comparison between Christian and Alana. So they actually have started watching it mm-hmm. and they have found very many similar uh, similarities to the point where they say, like, we always cry when someone's medevaced on Survivor. So, like, we felt you when, spoiler alert, when Pax tweet back was not all right in that moment. But they actually did some side by side shots of I know people say it's uh, Stephen Fishback and Gabby, but I think Leo can bear a resemblance to a Christian Hubicky type in certain lights. Yeah. And so there were some photos of the two of them, you know, working together on the shelter alongside Leo and Alana. Mm. That is pretty damn spitting. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I could definitely see it. So uh, good job there. And they also, I think then uh, they uh, ended up on uh, a green tribe also, Mike. Yeah, that's very true. And also, they did play in the sand uh, as well. Uh, Leo and Alana building the shelter as well. So, yeah, this could be like a weird thing where Mirror Universe counterparts have finally met each other on different <laughs> CBS reality shows. Mm-hmm. And we're finally witnessing the multiverse happening in front of yes. us. Yes, uh, and I think that uh, <laughs> we won't see uh, Leo being pulled off into the Brochacho team on The Amazing Race. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I guess who are sort of the the Dan and John Hennigan? I think that's Riley and Madison. The Molly Bros, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can't can't wait for a a roadblock where someone yields. Yeah, someone yields uh, Leo when he has to stand there for seven hours and just talk for hours on end before he can finish his yield. Yeah. And then uh, Chi will be like. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, hung. Yes. I, I would like to see Chi do that, to be fair. Yeah. It's like, save your energy, buddy. <laughs> yep. Okay. Indeed. So speaking of saving your energy, I hope you saved some because we have a game. Oh, okay. And uh, this is a game that is inspired by Gary and D'Angelo this week. So um, I'm Roof hoping or that you wall? all... It is! We are playing Roof or Wall! <laughs> new game show, taking the world by storm. Okay. Yeah. Man, How did we play, really... You really ruined my 
my intro moment there. I'm sorry. Yes, we are playing <laughs> roof or wall. So the way this works is we have um, we have twenty seven lightning round style rapid fire questions to which you may just answer with roof or wall. And typically the answer is roof or wall, but sometimes it's part of the answer. Don't worry about giving me the full answer. You can just say roof or wall. Can it ever and be so both? You, it cannot be both. Um, okay. I to can my knowledge, roof wall both or neither. No, it's just roof or wall. It's a very <laughs> simple game. Okay. It's like a detour. Okay. <laughs> and so I have randomized the uh, questions and the starting order. And so, Rob, you're going to be starting, and then we're going to go to Mike and then Asia. Great. And oh boy. it's just off the top of your head, as quick as you can, say roof or wall. Okay. Um, okay. All right. So, Rob, question number one, Walter White's Pizza. Roof. All right. Mike, Tom Petty, 1996. Roof? Incorrect. Uh, <laughs> you want to tell us? It, it's wall. <laughs> All right. Um, Asia, Michael Douglas yelling about greed. Wall. Correct. Damn it. All I right. should have made that reference earlier in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to explain right, uh, these all at the end, or do, you, or do you want to stop down as we as we go through it? Yeah, I, I can stop down. Uh, that one was Wall Street. Yes. Uh, the Tom Petty song mm. is Walls. Um. All right, Rob. Lee Marshall's occupation. A roof. He's a roofer. Yes. Uh, oh, Mike. Come on, it's too easy. Mike, we don't need no education. Oh, that is the wall. Pink Floyd. Yes. Um, Asia, youngest player on Survivor Millennials versus Gen X. Wall. Correct. That's Will Wall. <laughs> Will Wall. Yeah. All right. Roof. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, Rob, where do you go when you take the black? You go to the the wall, right? Um, <laughs> Could you just imagine like the roof? It's this black. giant ice over the over this this the, the castle. <laughs> I think that's where Bran went. Actually, yeah, it'd be much easier to climb. I will say that. Mm-hmm. That's true. Just okay. make In sure that nobody shoves you out the window. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike. Sunrise, sunset. Oh, fiddler on the roof. Yes, Asia. A famous drugstore slash tourist trap in South Dakota. Hmm. Oh. Roof? Uh, incorrect. It is called Wall Drug. Wall oh, Drug. Wall Drug. Yeah. All right. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wall Drug got me tripping something on this Amazon, I tell you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Rob, WCW wrestler, also known as Sergeant A Wall. Wall? Correct. He's called The Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike. <laughs> Mike, the slogan printed on the Vans logo. Oh, uh, the slogan. There's a slogan for Vans. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say wall off the wall. I'm gonna say yes. Wall. That's right. Um, oh. Asia, it's on fire, and we don't need no water. <laughs> Roof. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> All right, Rob. The Drifters, 1962. The Drifters uh, up on the roof. Correct. Um, oh. Mike, Phil Spector's signature production style. Preparing for incoming boomer Twitter mentions. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is the boomer round. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Mike, Phil Spector's signature production style. Oh, no, I'm a millennial. I only know Phil Spector's crazy hair. Uh, I'm going to say wall. Correct. It's the wall of sound. Um, And Asia, Elizabeth Taylor, 1958. Wall. Uh, Roof. Cat on a hot tin roof. Uh, Oh. Oh. All right, so at the end of (laughs) 
At the end of our first half, uh, Rob, you are in a slight lead with five points. Yeah, this is so great. Uh, I'm having so much fun, Joss. I, I, I know you are. <laughs> yes. Everybody loves my trivia games. Yes, this is great. All right. You're only having fun because you're winning. I know. Mm-hmm. All right. It can be both things. Rob. <laughs> it could be both, yes. Yes. Rob, Pixar robot. Wally. Yes. Um, oh. Mike, NBC game show hosted by Chris Hardwick. <laughs> oh, that was The Wall after The Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> yes. Um, Asia, oh. what does Parliament Funkadelic want to tear off? The roof. Correct. All right, Rob, the Beatles' final performance together. <sighs> um, I think it's The Roof. All right. Yes, The Rooftop. Um, oh. Mike... Mike, what is Andy Dufresne fixing when he trades tax advice for beers? Oh, Lord. Uh, I thought it was a boat. No, that's that was in Mexico. Uh, And before Michelle and Victoria got in it. I'm I'm going to assume. Oh, is your roofer a wall? It's a roof. That was a good one, Jess, because Andy Dufresne worked on both a roof and a wall. Yeah, exactly. He he, he escaped through a wall, but he was working on a roof. He mm. fixed, yeah, he fixed one and broke the other. <laughs> All right. Asia, Edward VIII abdicated the throne for? The Wall? Wallace Simpson, yes. Yes. <laughs> His nickname nice. was The Wall? Well, no, but her name was Wallace Simpson. Sorry, oh, they're okay. not. Most of them are... like, it's much like The Wall was like the wrestler's nickname. Like, oh, here comes right. The Wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I would call her that for sure. All right, Rob, what is a character break when they address the audience? The fourth wall. Correct. Uh, Mike, where do they find Doug in The Hangover? Oh, on the roof. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, Asia, Oasis, 1995. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wall? Correct. Wonderwall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're playing that on the blowgun? Oh, man. <laughs> That's Champagne Supernova, right? Oh. oh. That's going to be next week. Guess, guess the Oasis dude on the mouth trumpet. If we go to the desert. Oh, I missed the mouth trumpet, Rob. Yeah. All right, your final questions. Rob, where did Rick Grimes handcuff Merle? <laughs> on a roof. Correct. Um, Mike, an anthropomorphic drink holder usually busts through a... Oh, the, he busts through the wall, the Kool-Aid man. Yes. <laughs> Finally, Asia, Bill and Ted's mentor. Oh. oh. Roof? Correct. Yeah, Rufus. Rufus. Oh. All right. So that's our game. Uh, Rob, you're the winner at 14 points. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. Asia, you're a very close second at 12 points. And, Ra- and Mike, you're bringing up the rear at 11 points. Um, <laughs> that's been Roof versus Wall. I want to uh, give a shout out to AJ Mass and DJ LaBelle Klein for helping me with some come up with some of these clues. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It was wonderful. That was a fantastic game. I, I would want this to be a legitimate game show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Gary and D'Angelo could make this a regular segment on their podcast. That's a freebie. Mm-hmm. They could. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, they would get in arguments about it. Like, no, it was, it's not roof. It's definitely wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're embarrassing yourself. Yeah, there are facts, yes. man. Yeah. yeah okay. Facts, man. <laughs> um, Mike, did you have anything else about this week on The Amazing Race? Oh, goodness. I do not believe so. Uh, I mean, I still cannot get over... I We still have no explanation as to why the consumer cellular moment of the week was about the royal wedding instead of the amazing race. <laughs> but I guess now I'm looking back on the last time the three of us got together for the tar pits when we 
draft our own amazing race moments. I guess we should have looked more worldwide at events that just made the world go boom in a certain variety. Yeah. Asia, do you have any thoughts <laughs> on that? Phil's uh, touting of the 2011 Royal Wedding? I was so confused because they like Prince uh, Prince Harry mm-hmm. and Meghan Markle were more recent than that. And people were gushing over that, too. So, I, don't, I mean, I guess it's just because he's first in line. But I was I remember watching that. I was kind of confused. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just felt like there were other things to pull from. But I guess I guess it's relevant. It's just weird that in week two, they finally run out of amazing race moments to <laughs> yeah. highlight. <laughs> what well, was it last that's it week? for us. Well, the, oh, that's a good question. I well, I don't think I I don't think I caught it. Maybe there's not a consumer cellular moment every week. Hmm. Oh, maybe it's every other week. Maybe it's, they're like, okay, we can't have enough to fill every week, and we don't have enough amazing race. So I think we're just gonna have to pivot. I, I think it's more. Wedding. It's more like consumer cellular saw their list and they were like, we're not impressed. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna take out. We're gonna have our sponsorship, and we're also we really gonna like take the out crown. all these. Uh, what, <laughs> what, what, what do you have in that department? <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, maybe that's it's timed hot. with certain series coming out on, on you know, because The Amazing Race, that series had just come out. The Crown is coming out soon, which also explains the, the royal wedding. Are there any upcoming TV series that, that <laughs> might be covered for it? Hmm. I did notice Young Sheldon does have its premiere this week. Could it be something like uh, Stephen or Stephen Hawking helped discover uh, a way that we could view the universe, much like Young Sheldon? Is that the power of connection? <laughs> Exactly. He was able to connect the stars. Mm, okay. Yeah, young Sheldon has no peers and has trouble getting along with people. That's the power of connection. Asia, <laughs> <laughs> right? do you have anything else you want to say about uh, th- the third week of The Amazing Race? Um, I did thoroughly enjoy the, the Travelocity plug, especially the fact that they weren't having to pick different flights. Mm-hmm. So that was um, so easy. That was interesting. Yeah, so easy. Um, even people who used it before it makes it so easy for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that was about I, I didn't know about the Portuguese language that it's kind of a mix of Italian and Spanish. Um, yeah. So that was Jessica, interesting. Can we fact check that? Because I know that that's what it's the Volley Bros said, right? They're like, they knew right. Spanish and they knew Italian. And they said that mm-hmm. Portuguese is essentially like the marriage of those two. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. I do um, speak a little I've bit of Portuguese from my time in ah. the Amazon. Because whenever that they would take us somewhere on a boat, we'd say, uh, de nada. <laughs> that means thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. No, it doesn't, Rob. <laughs> doesn't? No. What does it mean? No, it, it means... It means no problem. Okay. Of nothing. Same difference. Yeah, of yeah. nothing. Literally of nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, but essentially what you did was someone did a favor for you and you said, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. Don't worry about <laughs> it. It's nothing. I'm just here on this sh- on this reality show. This Don't is- worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's You're like, welcome. Yeah. welcome. No, I-, I probably said the right thing at the time and then it's been uh, yeah. f- 57 years since that time. Yeah. I'm remembering I- I- it wrong. I've been to... Yeah, I've been to Brazil. It was a very long time ago, but it was basically words that I knew in Spanish and Italian were similar enough that it was helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and the only other thing I I know you said this cast is kind of like the e- NFC East, mm-hmm. but I will say they are a lot As more enjoyable to watch. Fan. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They are a lot more enjoyable to watch. They don't give mm. me as much of a headache. Yes. Uh, even though, you know, some teams I wish would do better, yes. uh, make better decisions, read clues. Asia, real quick, if we were going to cast the Amazing Race teams as the NFC East, and this is uh, prior to the Sunday night Cowboys versus Eagles.
Eagles, uh, who would be who? Now, is it weird that we have NFL players on this cast, but they have not played for the NFC East? Mm, yeah. Um, so we're working with the Cowboys, the Eagles, mm-hmm. the Redskins. Yeah. How about this? How about this? I will give you the team where uh, like the, the the Cowboys have been the sort of like a uh, an injury prone, uh, underperforming team. <laughs> Right. Um, so I would say not live they up to expectations. Are, I would say maybe they're the Michelle and Victoria because yeah, you do my, have I'm, the. Yeah, I'm pretty sure actually I got a, an alert from ESPN that uh, Dak Prescott cut his hand open with a machete, I, and now he unfortunately he's not due for the game. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if it's Kelly and Levon where they've also been. Uh, you know, that, I think people high expectations. High expectations yeah. also. Hmm. Yeah, they they that would be a good. I, I I'd say both of them can be different versions of the Cowboys this season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about the New York Giants who have been very bad but feisty? They 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 compete in every game. <laughs> oh, that's Michelle and Victoria. <laughs> that's Michelle. Oh wait, yeah, <laughs> one and six so far this season. Right. So yeah, I'm pretty sure there were, wasn't there a thing where like the Jets were going to play in MetLife Stadium and the Giants are like, no, this is ours. Like you can't get in here. And then they're like, well, actually, like they can sign out. Yeah, the they sort of like have like they're a little bit like the the siblings where uh the jets are like the complete dumpster fire and the giants are a little bit more of like the victoria that they are like the uh like you know uh overperforming sibling okay yeah. um yeah all right what about the the eagles uh who have been very very disappointing but maybe they're going to uh be on the verge of uh putting some things back together soon and they also have the most <laughs> rabid fans yes Oh, that Leo and Alana wear green. Right, I was gonna say Mm, maybe Leo and Alana, but is the fan base there? Hmm. Um, They're polarizing, which I think the Eagles definitely are. (laughs) Right. Okay, and then finally, uh, the Washington football team, which is uh, a team really uh, without (laughs) any sort of a moniker, really, uh, right now, going through a uh, a branding crisis. So I would say maybe Cody and Nathan. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we don't know whether to call them Team Catfish or... Uh, or the Noodlers. <laughs> team Noodle. Right. Okay. Yeah, we didn't get to know them long enough. And, you know, they were still trying to find their, their brand as an Amazing Race team. So Plus, they, they sort of were wearing, like... they were, I, Well, they were wearing, like, I think, like, brown and, like, dark red, which I think dark red, I believe, is the Washington football team color. Yeah, so, I think like, they have brown and orange. Sort of I think they have more, like, a Cleveland uh, color palette. Uh, I think that maybe... Uh, Hung and Chi or uh, Iswar and Aparna have more of the burgundy. Yeah. But all right. Uh, there you go. We've never done this before. Cast a division <laughs> of NFL uh, as a maze race team. So there you go. First. Yeah, just as long as we're not going to Brant steal it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. darn. All right. Um, a- anything else uh, to say about this week? Do you want to look ahead to Paraguay? Um, is that where Paraguay? Yes. Yeah, that's where that's where we're going. Um, it's not a country I've been to, but it's a country I've looked across a river and seen. Like the tour guide was like, "Look over there, that's Paraguay." I was like, "Great." Um, <laughs> they've been there before in season twenty. It looks like we're getting a switchback. I don't know if they're going to call it such, but that's mm-hmm. definitely what it is because I don't know how you stack watermelons and then do it again and not mm-hmm. and not know what you're doing. So. Yeah, that's about all I have. Just, do you anticipate we'll, we'll spend the entire two hours in uh, South America? And and if so, uh, isn't this a little weird that we've spent the entire race in South America so far? 
It is a little. Well, I was about weird. to say. So uh, the the futon critic at least has said that we will not be spending both hours in Paraguay. Leg five is going to go from Paraguay all français mm, okay. to France. Yeah. So maybe oh we'll we'll see. So we'll go. We're going to go European here. Sorry, volley bros. Your knowledge of Spanish and Italian is only going to pay off for about <laughs> one more leg. But you know, if we're talking about killer fatigue, I can imagine a cross ocean slash cross continental trip will either really rest them up or just make them spiral <laughs> even further, which right. is great for us. Okay. All right. Asia. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I think that is pretty much it. I've just been diving into different shows ever since um, Big Brother has ended. Anything yeah, else? Yeah, so um, Grand Army on Netflix was it's in Grand it's, Army. Yeah, so it's Grand entertaining Army. in that it's kind of a mix of Degrassi and Euphoria. Ooh. In the in the Scum. sense that it's, it's edgy like Euphoria, but it's Degrassi in the sense that they're trying to pack so much into one high school. And mm-hmm. so that's been pretty interesting. I do want to watch um, the, what is it? The Queen's Gambit. I've heard that's really good. I heard that's very oh, good. I've heard good things about that. And then. Oh, should that be the next show? Is Phil going to do like a, oh, yes, when Bobby Fischer won the <laughs> yeah. great chess game or when Watson beat that guy in chess and, and then beat everyone on Jeopardy. That was bringing people <laughs> yeah. together, much yeah. like the Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit is Netflix yeah, it's also? Yeah, Netflix also. And then This Is Us has started mm. back up and that's always a, just a great show. And it's kind of it's kind of messed with my brain a little bit because it's has been it's had such great writing. But the premiere had so much relevant like they hit coronavirus right out the bat. And then they were talking about like the oh, social wow. injustices that have happened. And so I was very confused. This is, all on yes, this is, on us? This is us. So I'm like, how are they going to wow. fit this into the storyline that I've been so invested in the past few seasons? Um, so it's very much so with the times they're wearing masks They're Yeah. So it's it's making it seem like it's yeah. today. It's interesting, actually. If you, if you go to if you go to the NBC store, there's actually uh, a, a a nice like bus pass themed after This Is Us that you can buy, a la like the amazing It's called This Is Bus. Uh, and it's, I don't know if <laughs> it'll work joke? as well, but no, I'm, I'm not. I'm kidding. There's not a This Is Bus bus pass. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so that's better one- than. Yeah, that is better than literally anything they're selling on the CBS store mm-hmm. for the Amazing Race. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I don't mean to be obtuse, Mike, but you know, with uh, these, when, when we're talking about these uh, merch store items, that you know, I, I think that that would be another good game. Is this real or fake merch? Oh. From the- yeah, I might come up with that. Depending if I, I'll do a <laughs> yeah. further deep dive into the store. Let's see what this double episode brings us next next week. We might have to to scramble for the, the this is bus style is my punny item a real piece of merchandise or not mm-hmm. yeah, yeah mike would you please do the would you please prep this game for next week because it sounds yeah, like right, I'll, perfect. I'll, I'll see what i yeah, can do yeah but last yeah. but not least okay. bachelorette i mean it's gonna be so good this week so if you're not watching start watching um but yeah other than that everyone can catch me on twitter at asia like asia so a-y-s-h-a like a-s-i-a okay and maybe one day they'll go to Asia oh. in the Amazing Race. I think they will at some point this season. They usually so. do. Yeah, it's hard to miss it. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. All right. It's uh, a big continent. Yeah, Mike. How about you? What's next for you? So uh, I'll actually be doing some later Big Brother exit press. I'll be talking with the final three plus America's favorite. Player. Well, you really have so I'll... much to get to with the Amazing Race with the Big say, Brother. Like, yeah. I... On on paper, when I heard about it, I'm like, oh man, I won't get to hear the reactions after the finale. <laughs> 
<laughs> but honestly, with uh, like five days of waiting, it has brewed even more questions than I could possibly mm-hmm. have even imagined from talking right after the finale. So I'll be doing that over at Parade.com. Of course, uh, talking with the next team. I'm assuming, we're assuming at least one team is going to be eliminated next week. So we'll be talking with that. Then over on Post Show Recaps, Jess and I just recorded our episode three recap of Star Trek Discovery Season 3, which was a lot of fun, lots of new twists getting brought in with plenty of warning a la the amazing race and of course josh wiggler and i are going down the hatch uh as we progress through season three expose coming up oh, a very yes, polarized yes. Po- the the, oh, the best and episode of all time. episodes uh but some people like it some do not they are the green team of lost episodes and so josh and i are really going to get into that and of course we finally uh, temporarily closed up the B&B. Liana, Boris, and I got together for a couple of hours uh, and a couple <laughs> of flowers to break yes. down the finale. I was listening to it last night. Big Brother. Yeah, we, we went through a lot of what the casuals thought. We went through our own predictions preseason when we had so much hope. And we realized that we have now capped off nine straight months of doing at least one B&B a week. So it's it's been a fantastic streak, but we are also very happy to end <laughs> it for a bit before we, you know, reopen its doors in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, uh, great job. And congratulations on nine straight months of uh, B&B. You should have a, a, like, a baby we <laughs> show for it. A baby yeah. B&B. Yes, yes, baby Zingbox. And, and, and children do often beg, borrow, barter, and <laughs> and uh, buy. Mm-hmm. So I think it also makes a lot of sense. Yes. So yeah, uh, but it's 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 been a lot of fun, and I'm I'm very excited. As I was gonna say, like I'm excited that I don't have to play any more games or, or make any more games. And now I've just been <laughs> ushered into a new game for the CBS store next week. So <laughs> yes, it's, okay. Uh, well, it's a, it's a, you don't have to make up so many more games. Just you know, a, yeah, a, a t- manageable amount per week. I love to do it. And old habits die hard. Like, I'm more than happy to continue that game streak through the end of 2020 here with TAR32. Okay. All right. And then, Jess? All right. So, uh, in addition to Star Trek Discovery, um, I am over on Post Show Recaps with Josh Wiggler, recapping Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead World Beyond in a mashup podcast we like to call Fear the Walking Dead World Beyond. And I will say... Um, you do not need to be watching the show in order to derive entertainment from our podcast. Uh, we are having a blast recapping it, and it's been very, very fun to be on this journey through the zombie apocalypse with Josh. Um, and Post Show Recaps is also, um, we piloted in October, we piloted a Patreon program, and I am doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff for post-show recaps, including writing the weekly Patreon newsletter, in which I am tasked with telling people about what I am watching, reading, and listening to every week, as well as what's going on in our universe, which (laughs) is quite a lot. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, it's a, we're early in the month. Become a patron of Post Show Recaps if you have the, the wherewithal to do so. Special podcasts, special perks and stretch goals that we have in there as well. So it's the, we won't plug it always, but as the first of the month, it's always a, a good time to become a patron of something. And Post Show Recaps is the place for you. And then we will be back together on Wednesday night to recap the two-hour episode of The Amazing Race now that there's no big brother in the picture. So if you are able to join us live at 10.15 p.m. Eastern time, uh, we will go live with our episode recap and then be back with another round of the Tar Pits coming up next week. You, su- you can subscribe to our Amazing Race podcast at robinswebsitecom slash T-A-R podcast thank you so much for listening hope you have a uh, great weekend take care everybody have a good one bye